0: everyone, welcome to the CoinPass podcast. I'm your host Jeff Hancock, and today we are talking with uh, Kevin Murco from CoinMetric. Uh, on the CoinPass podcast, we talk about trading, investing, crypto fintech, and blockchain. And uh, yeah, today, Kevin from CoinMetro, let's talk about them for a second. CoinMetro is a traditional financial institution that understands complexities and benefits of crypto and blockchain. Uh, Through tokenized ecosystem, CoinMetro provides a user-friendly gateway, allowing users to get involved in crypto and the wider fintech space. Uh, CoinMetro's goal, above all else, is to make sure that client's overall experience is nothing short of exemplary. Kevin, welcome. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Jeff. That was a great introduction. I don't think I have anything to add. I would say <laughs> that I think yeah, I think both CoinPass and CoinMetro are trying to do the same things. So that's good. Thank that's you very a much good for thing. that. That's
0: cool. So today we're talking about something that, you know, you and I have known each other for quite a while now. We've done some other live streams and other, other medias and other platforms. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what kind of sets, I suppose, our businesses apart from a lot of others in the space is definitely around compliance and banking. And what are the implications for crypto? You know, we are doing the more what we feel is the more difficult part of this space, you know, connecting traditional banking, traditional finance with crypto and blockchain and uh, sometimes getting the shortest end of the stick. So, you know, I suppose for you, what, it, what does it mean to be kind of pro-regulation in crypto?
1: Well, it's not easy, like you mentioned. So it's I guess it's getting easier, not by much, but it's definitely easier than it was a year or two or three years ago. Um, but what it means is, it's just you know I have been in just the, fi- the the overall let's say regulated financial space for over two decades, and I had the unique experience of going through something very similar in FX so retail FX back in late 90s early 2000s it was a very similar space you had you had unregulated retail FX brokers um, that were taking on massive amounts of clients that were doing things they probably shouldn't have been doing comparatively speaking to other regulated marketplaces and regulators around the world were saying, you know, watch out, be careful. These are frauds. These are scams. Eventually, regulators started to come around. Different countries started to regulate FX in different different ways, either as a future or as uh, they started regulating it more as, you know, CFDs or they started. So just like in crypto, where different countries are taking different stances, same thing happened. And I lived through it and I traded through it and I worked through it. And I see the same things happening here. So you know there's a lot of caveats a lot of things that i see i don't see any other way to do this and i guess you know coinpass and coinmatch are pretty similar there i i don't see a future for some massive you know there's no such thing as a massive unregulated market there are unregulated markets all over the place right there are black markets for everything and anything that you could possibly want but you can't unless you're talking about i don't know maybe drugs uh, or something like that. In terms of in terms of finance, markets or financial markets, mm. there's no such thing as a large unregulated financial market. It just That's doesn't it. exist. So you know, in, in order to see expansion and mass adoption and all these great things, we absolutely need to kind of you know follow the line, toe the line. That doesn't mean though that we shouldn't be trying to change that line, mm. right? So, but you know, regulation you don't change from the outside. Right? You need to be inside to make a change. So the more you know, so I, I saw pretty clearly like 2017. You know, I saw everybody kind of going down this, get away from regulation, skirt regulation, forget about KYC. Uh, this is Bitcoin. This is blockchain. This is crypto. We don't need any of that. Mm. And, you know, quickly saw that that's just not going to be the case. And the fact is, is that if you're if you're always against the regulation, the regulator is never going to listen to you. Mm. So, it, you know, if you're the guy that's going in there and complying, but then saying, hey, guys, you know what? This doesn't really make any sense. You know, How, why, why do we need to do this? when you can do this? You know, why Why do we need to do this when blockchain provides this type of data, this type of information? So, you know, I'm all about change. And, you know, I'm 100% ready for the future when regulation becomes uh, more on-chain governance and things like that start, you know, you don't need the the onerous regulation, maybe that that currently applies to most markets. But I also understand that we don't get there by, you know, telling the regulators, you know, to walk walk down a short path, you know, and, and and kick them out of the room. They have to be in the room.
0: Well, it definitely comes down to just the pure of you know, being collaborative, which is exactly what yep. blockchain can provide. You know, there's the narrative, even with the FCA we've seen yep. in this country, is that, you know, two years ago, it was everything was Bitcoin, everything was crypto, it's all the same. And they improve yep. that a little bit. It's like, well, you've got exchange tokens like Bitcoin or you know, or or Litecoin or something like that. Uh, then you've got mm-hmm. these utility tokens in the middle, which are like your Ethereum's and, you know, at a stretch, you know your your XRP mm-hmm. Ripples. And both of those are unregulated because of their decentralized nature. You simply can't. But when you get into the third league of CFDs, derivatives, STOs, etc., they are a completely regulated. Um, uh, activity, and I think that using that term activity helps kind of smooth that layer between old world, and new world, and like you say, if you yep. go if you go there with a really good conversation, saying, oh, you've got a framework in a box, cool. What can we fit in the box now to you know start the conversation, you know, to get the first foot in the door, um, not to try and wreck the door. But to try and at least open it up all the way so you can see what is out here what people are building there's some really really cool stuff in this space that doesn't only make your job easier because now you can see every transaction in real time uh, but also you work with compliant regulated exchanges that want to snuff out anti-money laundering that want to snuff out you know all of the uh, account, uh, and um, uh, terrorism financing and stuff like that there is a lot of stuff to be gained from working with the guys that want to do the right thing in this space
1: Hundred Collabor- percent. Collaboration is required. I mean, there's Absolutely. no way we get to where we want to go without exactly. without collaboration.
0: And you know, I suppose it comes back to you know, what we saw before. You know, we get measured to you know all the other players in the space, regardless of their tech and regardless of their offering. And the offerings yep. used to be very, very similar and narrow. It was pure spot markets um, and you know, limited amounts of assets. And obviously, that's exploded over the last kind of 12, 24 months. And a lot of those, a lot of those players are still you know, purely crypto. And they partner with some kind of fiat on-ramp exchange but they have no you know no connection to banking <clears throat> they're in a um a non-regulatory state uh, or a or jurisdiction and yeah you know, do you think these kind of platforms are going to have any sort of future or do you see them becoming these kind of behemoths that just absorb everything else in its path to kind of <clears throat> do the next thing the next thing the next thing instead of doing it you know in a way that we're doing
1: yeah i i look i think the There's no reason, I mean, right now we have this segmented market where you have your crypto-to-crypto market, your crypto-to-fiat market. Some players do both. Most though sit on one side of the fence. They're either majorly focusing on this crypto-to-fiat, they're trying to do the regulations right, they're trying to get their own fiat on-ramps, they're going about this kind of huge task of trying to do things the right way versus the other guys who, like you said, will partner with a myriad of different quote-unquote fiat on-ramps, which are all third parties, which don't provide any protection back to their own client base, which kind of, uh, kind of limit their, limit their business in some ways, but also give them the ability to do almost anything they want, which makes it hard for guys like us that are trying to do it the right way, which puts us inside a box Mm. and we can't operate outside that box and they, you know, operate however they want, uh, which obviously makes it difficult to compete. But I, I don't, I don't see a future in this kind of unregulated space. That doesn't mean the unregulated space goes away, but Regula- look regulation has a way of infiltrating if you're moving money you are going to be regulated. I don't care if you do that in a decentralized way uh, you know regulation will come to your door at some point. they may be slow to react it may take them some time but they're coming and you know from, from, from our side it's again it's difficult when you're dealing with a company an, an exchange that has no regular regulatory umbrella that isn't necessarily trying to do anything the, the right way. And they offer, you know, any type of asset, they do, you know, things like high leverage trading options, all these things, you know, obviously clients be in the flock to these places because they feel like the, there's a, there's a bigger offering, right? There's just, there's just more to see. Um, there may be things they can do there. They can't do elsewhere. And, you know, we're just limited to be able to offer those things. Well, because, well, it should be, and I would say is for the most part against regulation. Mm. It's illegal, Uh, In most parts of the world, it's just simply so we're we're kind of in this this space right now, I think, in crypto where we've come from the 2016, 17 days of we're going to change the world regulation isn't needed. Crypto is going to take over the world to this realization that, well, not really, but we're still in this gray area where, you know, there are, are still players that do whatever they want and they get away with it. Because there isn't yet this, this entirety of a global kind of framework for how regulators all over the world are, are, are adapting or adapting regulation or in some cases creating new regulation. But that's going to happen. There's nothing, there's no there's nothing in my mind that tells me it won't. And you know, as I get older, when I was younger, everybody when they're younger wants to fight the man, you know, like, ah, regulation. Why do we need regulation? But in reality, man, I don't, when you really think about it, do you really want, do you really want to do business with companies that allow anyone to move value anywhere? Yeah. When you really when you go granular on that and you understand that that means uh, not and I'm not just talking about, you know, they say that, you know, the Bitcoin's tied to criminality. At least that's what a lot of regulators still think. Hmm. And I guess in reality, that's a true statement to the point that if you're moving around in Bitcoin because you want to evade tax, that makes you a criminal. Now, I'm not I'm not saying I love paying taxes or whatever, but obviously, if you don't pay tax, you would be considered by somebody a criminal. That's for Hmm. sure. So when you think about that, that, that is a that is a true statement. But what, what they failed to say with that statement is that it's also much more traceable than any other form of criminality that might exist when it comes to the financial market. So, so regulation is coming not only because they want to, quote unquote, find the criminality. It's also coming because they're now starting to realize that it benefits them to actually promote these technologies. That's why we're hearing so much about CBDC and all this stuff, because they're realizing now that, wow, wait a minute. Digital, digital money which we've already kind of had but yep. digital trackable traceable auditable money that's programmable mm. what are you kidding me yeah, exactly. so I, I you know I think that we're going to start to see a much faster wave into this kind of more regulated environment and over suppose, the next you know 12 months. And I suppose
0: just a bit on that traceability bit when we talk about fiat currency and, and fungibility you know this uh this 10 pound note is different to this ten pound note, but they still value the same. If I led, if I yeah. lend you ten pounds, I don't need the same one back. Whereas yeah. you put that into a a, a a virtual currency, for instance, you can actually tell where that fungible token has gone, who it's touched, yeah. who it's passed its hands to. Now that does start borderlining onto you know a bit of a, a nanny state kind of you know they can see everything in real time. But if it's anonymized and you have to you know still serve you know, the regular uh, legal system in order to source you know who owns this token and where is it there's still a lot of things going for it rather than against it and yeah. obviously the narrative for we we'll just report back to the illicit you know, part which is getting less and less and less on the on, on bitcoin which is a good sign is that people still also forget that you know what is what currency is the most illicit trade uh, useful it's still US dollars or pounds or euros by know, far yeah. by far. so we're kind of almost getting dragged into this corner of a debate that's getting smaller and smaller and smaller yet we're kind of ignoring all of the you know the library rigging all of the you know F- F- <laughs> fx dodginess all of the you know laundering yeah. that's done by you know the massive banks that like well what's the calculated risk here if I do this business I might get a three to five million pound fine but I could probably do five billion worth of business so it's worth the risk and exactly. always, like, I think in this day and age with you know, information and news cycles that are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, like some news sites reporting every five minutes now, is that yep. you know, some of those big issues uh, you know, and really, really you know, cr- criminal acts are forgotten within yep. a few weeks anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But um, anyway, a little bit of, of, off track there because I know we're both very passionate about that particular bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do you feel that uh, the platforms that we're building are doing it the right way? What, what do you, value do you think that adds
1: to the regular kind of everyday you know, retail user buying 100 pounds worth of crypto? Tremendous value, right? So aside from, you know, regu- and, and we all talk about regulation, but let's, let's talk about legislation as well, because obviously it's the legislators that write the laws, the regulators just have to enforce them. But from you know bringing in, bringing in regulation and new leg- and, and legislation or applying legislation, doing things the right way, provides provide safeguards, provide stability. You know the, the whole idea of regulation is about is built on a trust element. And, I, and we're in this business where we're trying to build trustless applications. But the word trustless is a bit of a misnomer because it's not trustless. It's the fact that you don't need to trust, which actually creates trust. Right. So it, even a trustless application is really talking about the fact that trust is really the cornerstone of how we do our financial transactions. Mm. And the way we do that in the traditional world is through regulation. It's through rules. It's through frameworks. It's through et cetera. And, you know, I, I, I think that when you talk about dealing with, you know, companies that aren't regulated, that don't have any oversight. One, I mean, you can see what happens with regulated entities. We all we all see what happened with Wirecard recently in Germany, um, you know, and this is human error. What's one great thing that blockchain and crypto and these things can actually eliminate for, 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 a, for a, quite a large extent is human error in those type of, you know, auditing and traceability of funds, right? Mm. So when you combine that, though, with what we've done in the traditional markets for the past, you know, 50, 100 years, which is just regulation as, at a core, it provides so much more stability back to clients. It gives them the ability to interact so much more easier with crypto. You know, going, you can have a massive crypto-to-crypto exchange, and that's great for someone who understands crypto. But if I want to buy my first Bitcoin and I have to do so by buying another crypto to get Bitcoin and then trying to figure out how to obtain that crypto mm-hmm. without actually just taking out my debit card or using a faster payment or doing a step instant transfer or whatever, the, the, the learning curve on that is absolutely ridiculous. Like mass adoption is never going to come from a UI UX that requires you to understand something so much just to get your foot in the door, exactly. right? The UI UX. and the, and those guys can't make the UI UX. They can make their interfaces slick and nice looking, but they can't better the UX of how do I get my money into this? How do I get my, you know, my actual money, my pounds, my dollars, my euros. How do I transcend markets? It, it, exactly. And, and we're the guys that have to do that. And, and it's, a, it's a difficult, in the beginning, man, it's extremely difficult, as you very well know, to 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 be able to make those things simplistic and easy for users. But we kind of have to be like AOL was for the internet. I mean, before AOL, nobody was on the internet. It was a bunch of little, it was a bunch of hackers and chat and people chatting and and people, you know, card freaks and all these. It was mm-hmm. lots of lots of notorious stuff going online, um, but it wasn't what it is. It, what it is, what it is, it's what it is today because somebody took that UI UX problem and made it simpler, yeah. and that's what we're doing. Yeah. And that that's it's it's extremely important. It's much more important than being able to take your ether and swapping it into. You know, some some token on yep. some Unis, you know, like Uniswap platform or whatever. Those things are great for tech geeks, mm. but they do nothing for adoption, and they do nothing really to embrace the technology to the wider public. Mm. Exactly,
0: and I think yeah. I've I read a, a really good article recently. I mean, even in regular banking, um, there was a uh, really, really good articles put out, I'm actually finding the article and put it in the link of this podcast, but it was, he measured the onboarding process of uh, every UK bank, uh, and any UK neobank as well, about how many, how many clicks it took to set up the account, um, how many interactions with support that it took, can I add this to my Apple Pay, and it just gets ridiculously long. <laughs> and you see how far behind a lot of them are. I mean, even some of yeah. my friends that I've, you know, had to, you know, convince, to get over to even internet banking, they didn't even try a neobank? bank and they go, oh, wow, you can like split a payment and you get like, every time you buy something, you get a notification. So if someone nicked my card, I'd know Mm -hmm. straight away if they spent, yes, you know, it's, (laughs) Even we're talking about traditional banking now. not even on the crypto side, there's still this huge yeah. lag of people not picking up tech. Maybe they've painted themselves in a corner, or HSBC. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's a few other ones that are never going to catch up to the traditional banking side, let alone start to level up their game and leverage some of the tech that's been built out there to yeah. make it instant, to make it transparent, to make it traceable, to take out that human error. You know, there's still, there's still so much potential on there, which is why I think this space that we're in now, this little pocket of maybe the last 12 Months and the next 24, um, I think are going to be truly defining. And I think personally, where there's going to be a huge blur between traditional banking and crypto, where they could almost be one and the same. There are people still trying that but they're not doing it on their own they're kind of piecing together other people's environments and trying to layer them together and like you say yeah. they're adding risk to their own business they're not building anything new they're you know, bolted onto other stuff which is what we refer to wirecard this is wirecard yep. collapsed there seemed to be a lot of heat on crypto and online gambling and stuff because that was about 35 percent of their business you know just yeah. just high risk categories which is why you know they didn't hear about uh, a little payment gateway you know in in finland or whatever going completely bust because they've got no way to now get the manpower to swap over their you know, card issuer to someone else those little ones you didn't hear about but you heard about all the big guys in crypto that now have to oh we have to spend part of our insane profit to then go dish cards out to people to rinse and repeat so, exactly and um i suppose we talk about pro crypto you know pro regulation pro banking you know, doing it right do you think you know, what's the, what do you think is going to be the defining point of pro reg? You know it really opens up the gates to bigger money coming into the space. I mean crypto is still a very small market cap. We've been hovering between this 250 300 billion for quite a while now, going sideways. Yep. The halving didn't really do anything to that as well. That you know the 800 or so billion cap that was you know in, in peak 2017 2018, uh, a lot of that was obviously kind of garbage with Tether with ICOs yep. with a lot of bad data kind of strewn together to make the market look huge. Um, what's going to be the thing that really opens that up to get your you know, traditional big players like Grayscale is going really, really public. You know, JP Morgan yep. having a, a full-blown trading desk and real sizable capital. Because even like it backed, backed didn't take off as much as everyone thought it yeah. did. What's going to be the real, I suppose, lightning rod that sees the market cap soar and sees everyone kind of come into the space?
1: Yeah, so I think there's a few aspects to that. One is definitely at that that regulation level, that that legislation level. Finally, regulators starting to realize that we have enough we have enough legislation on the books already that governs traditional assets. And these, you know, I don't consider crypto really to be an asset class more than an asset delivery vehicle. Mm. And I think once once that's more understood, that you know, you can Bitcoin is definitely something new. But what is Bitcoin? It, we can definitely classify it. We have hundreds of classifications for assets you know there's not it's not just bonds equities commodities and futures and options there are a myriad of different classifications that already exist at the fca at the sec et cetera, at the ctfc all these all these different organizations so one is a, a more clearer path on the regulatory side right and that that's happening and it will continue to happen probably for a decade mm. uh, but it will continue to happen and it's starting to speed up so that's one two is the uiux problem so from a retail standpoint we need guys like us we need other people that that are like minded that all helped to build the AOL of of crypto, which is getting people to use these protocols and platforms without knowing they're using these protocols and Mm. platforms. If I need to understand how Bitcoin works to buy a Bitcoin, Bitcoin is screwed. Mm. I mean, that's essentially, so that's where things like backed and think, you know, backed didn't take off like they thought it would because most people that are really passionate about Bitcoin would just go buy Bitcoin for way cheaper and own it and put it in their own wallet. Mm. And the guys that aren't are like, oh, Bitcoin, great, who cares? And then there's a, there's a bit of a catch-22 in that the more liquidity that comes in, the less volatility. One of the reasons why most of the big players wanted to get in was because of the volatility and because it was an uncorrelated asset in their own minds. I think COVID kind of proved that wrong, at least in the short term. Yeah, so definitely. We have, you know, so, so there's, there's definitely some things that need to happen. But at the end of the day, I think we need to prove the true use case for all these different assets. Yeah. Because it's one thing, we will definitely see traction as companies start to digitize the dematerialized markets. So as we start to see stocks bonds start to get tokenized and digitized, we will see some 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 adoption. and again, that's adoption without having to understand how it works, just because mm-hmm. it's cheaper, disintermediated, and you know issuers can come more easily, uh, you know all the costs go down. great. But for the other aspects, we kind of need an ICO bubble with more legitimacy we need we need companies that come out and actually create tokenized assets, create reasons to own them, you know? And I think yeah. that that's slowly starting to happen. So there's a bunch of facets, I think, that need to come together, but they're all slowly starting to, to come to fruition. You know, something like Grayscale, like you mentioned. I don't really understand that. I mean, you know, it's like uh, come buy Bitcoin and we'll just sit on it and charge you a fee for it. The reason why that exists is because the UIUX UX sucks, hmm. right? So if me and you can fix the UIUX problem, there's no reason for a Grayscale.
0: The other side to that as well is there are a lot of people out there that are, um, you know, sometimes not ready to be their own bank. You know, they need that layer of security. They need that layer of insurance. Uh, They don't understand the seed key, you know, all that, all those things like you say. They shouldn't have to. They shouldn't have to. It should get down to almost a fingerprint, a retina, IoT, something like that. That never leaves you, Uh, but we're kind of yet to get there. And I suppose, you know, from what we've talked about, you know, pro-bank, pro-regulation, doing it right, you know, really adding value to the end user, you know, getting that UI, UX down so simple that is, you know, owning, owning crypto, not just speculating on it, you know, what is it going to take for, you know, the 12 to be leading in the next 12 months with everything that's going on, regulation, banking, ease of use, et cetera? What is
1: it going to be for you? Uh, well, for us, it's, it's one just keeping ahead of the curve in terms of new legislation, new regulation, right? Understanding different markets we want to access, how we need to access them, et cetera. Building out products that kind of try to help that UI, UX. And that, that's, that's fiat on ramps in different places around the world. That's trying to make sure that getting money onto an app is easy. It's a button push. It's like, you know, it's making crypto as user friendly as, let's say, fintech apps from 10 years ago, right? I mean, obviously a bit more techie. But as easy, right? You don't necessarily have to understand what you're doing. I think that's that's the core. That's the core of everything. And then building products that are interesting, because it's one thing, you know, if 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 what you're building is simply, yeah, for speculation or for, there are only so many speculators in the world, and that doesn't. That's not going to bring us to mass adoption on all these other, you know, all the payments and transfer of wealth and transfer of store of value and all these different use cases. We're not going to get there, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's about trying to make it interesting, easy. Um, and then, yeah, really fine tuning that UI UX and then working with regulators around the world so that they understand as well as we do what we're doing so they can help us get to that goal, which is also beneficial to them.
0: I agree. So I think it's a really good spot to wrap up the podcast today. Uh, I want to thank again, Kevin, my guest, uh, and obviously good friend for coming on and sharing some insight. Um, and just just as a last uh, parting, uh, what's the best way for everyone to get in touch with you, Kevin?
1: Uh, well, you can get me on Twitter, at Kevin Murko. You can get me on Telegram, same thing, at Kevin Murko. So tweet me or or I don't know what you would call it to message me. DM me, I guess, on Telegram if you have Telegram questions. Me. Send
0: me a new piece yeah, of paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gram me. I don't know. A I don't gram know. Gram me. I like that. Very good. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, thanks for being the guest today. Uh, if anyone listening to the show feels like, well, we've got the uh, the Zoom thing going off. If anyone would be interested in coming on the CoinPass podcast in the future, they want to talk about trading, investing, fintech, blockchain, like myself and Kevin talking about it today, uh, drop us a tweet. Uh, at Coinpass Global, uh, Contact myself at Jeff underscore CoinPass uh, or drop us an email, podcast at coinpass.com. Uh, one last time, I want to thank Kevin, my guest, uh, for being on it today. And uh, yeah. yeah, everyone out there, thank you. Have a great week and stay safe.
1: Cheers, guys. Thanks.